He's on my feet. 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 Satan is under my feet. What? Stomp on his head. Oh my gosh. All right. That was a flashback to yesterday. Child Holly in church in the 90s, early 2000s. Okay. Mm -hmm. You were stomping the hell out of that Satan guy. Yep. (laughs) I do not remember. Songs I remember were way more like, Jesus loves me this Well, everybody knows that. You're like, let's kill Satan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, so I said the sinner's prayer and officially became saved, in quotations. I don't even... When I was three years old. What is the, do you remember what the sinner's prayer is? It's basically acknowledging your sin and as, your imperfection. As a three-year-old. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and your imperfection as a human. What? Then acknowledging that you believe in God and that Jesus came and died for your sins. Okay. And then thanking him and welcoming him into your heart and your life. That's extremely deep for a three-year-old. Yeah, and my parents... Do you really think that you knew what you were doing? You're like 100%. <laughs> I don't know, because my parents were like, we don't want you to do anything until like you are fully aware and ready. And then I came to them. You're and like, I'm like, ready! I was like, I'm ready to say the sinner's prayer and accept Jesus in my heart. And they were like, great, let's pray. And three-year-old Holly like knew what to do. I don't know. Wow. I Damn. mean, I feel like I was taught about like heaven and hell and sin from the moment I was an infant. It's like, welcome to the world, Holly. The world of evil. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> well, yeah. here's an interesting uh, fact that we found. So there was a survey that was taken asking individuals what their religion was and if they believe in God and how certain they are that he exists. Mm-hmm. So the results I'm about to give are for people, it's saying who, what religious group they're in that they do believe in God and that they are absolutely 100% certain that God exists. Right. Jehovah Witness, 90% of them. Believe in God for sure. For sure. Like yeah, he wow. is real. Um, historically black pro- Protestants, 89%. Evangelical Protestants, also what Holly was raised is. Yeah. 88%, followed yeah. by Mormon at 86 and Muslim at 84. So those religious groups have the most followers well, that are, that are certain. true believers. Yeah. Like, that, there's nothing. It I guess that doesn't surprise that me. That list of, of groups are usually the ones that you hear of that are more on the extreme side of religion. Yeah, I would have expected the group that I w- was raised around to be very high up there, and yeah, they are. They are, 88%. Right. So today we're talking about Christianity and spirituality. Yes. This will be very interesting. (laughs) Mm -hmm. This is Loud and Louder with with Holly and Misha. Misha. Oh, God. Hey. (laughs) Okay, so Misha. Yes. You grew up in the church, right? Yes. So what kind of church was it? Like what type of denomination? Um, So it was American Baptist. Um, so it was a very mixed congregation of okay. different races. Um, 
it was not like when I think of Baptist, especially as a kid, I thought of Baptist as like gospel music, like people yelling, you loud, know, long services, saying amen. And yeah. like that didn't happen. It was way okay. more traditional, I would say. Um, but yeah, I went to preschool there, kindergarten there, and was there. My, I mean, my mom is still at the same church. I was there every Sunday as a kid. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I mean, it was a part of my life. And then on Wednesdays, I was there for like choir practice and we had this pioneer club which i guess was like a vacation bible study or just but all year bible long study yeah okay yeah i don't like think i ever kids? did vacation bible study i did camp but i never did vacation bible study okay um man oh i will say on wednesdays we used to have choir it was like the best day as a kid you have choir and i used to love to sing as a kid and then we had these dinners that was like you paid three dollars and, like, sometimes it'd be, like, McDonald's, and there'd just be, like, stacks of cheeseburgers. When I'm telling you, like, hundreds of cheeseburgers on this one <laughs> table, it was, like, oh, And you could take as many as you as wanted. As many as you wanted. Like, we, oh, my Imagine God. Like popping out your Tupperware oh, at age five. Oh, no, I was eating them all there. Like, I would eat, like, five cheeseburgers, McDonald's cheeseburgers, or, like, pizza day with this place called Geppetto's. It was so good as a kid. It was so much fun. And then we'd go to, like, uh... Pioneer Club. I don't know why it was called Pioneer Club. Yeah, was it like learning how to make fires? No, it was learning about Jesus. I don't, I don't know. Interesting but name. For me, church was fun because like my best friends were there. Well, one of my best friends that we grew up with, they were there. There were a lot of kids my age, so like we were always running around the church, kind of like Adventure Time, like going to like the bell towers and oh yeah. And then we used to have every year, which I'm so sad they don't do it, but we used to have a live nativity scene. In the front of our church. So it was like the first scene was like Mary and the angel coming to her. And it was all silent with music in the background. So it's all acting. Actual people? Yeah. And then the next one was like Mary getting on a donkey and going to the next one. And the next one was like King Herod's throne and the soldiers with a big old camel. And then the last one was the manger with like all these with, sheep and goats. With actual animals? And Jesus. Yeah. Wait. We had like huge camels. This was Illinois in the winter. Yes. So people wearing like... Canada goose over their robes? Underneath. We were layered up. I was pregnant Jesus. Oh, pregnant Jesus. (laughs) Y'all didn't know about that story, by the way. No, I was pregnant Mary one year, and it was so weird to have that, like, big old thing. But, again, food for Misha. Like, I remember I was a child slave in the the King Heralds. But I used to want to do it because they had grapes and be so cold that they were frozen. And, like, our role was to, like, steal food because we were so hungry because we were kids slaves. (laughs) I just kept stealing. Finally, they're like, Misha, you're taking all the (laughs) So, yeah, church was fun for me. Everything about church was, like, food related. Yeah, it it was fun. I mean, once I got older in high school, I'd be like, oh, God, I'm dying in this sermon right now. But... Yeah, it a wasn't boredom. Uh, boredom, boredom, or like hungoverness. <laughs> <laughs> Did your parents know you? You no. Well, I don't know. Probably, maybe. You know, we've <laughs> talked about this. I have no idea. There's That's a lot of true. questions I need to ask my mom about. Yeah, let's start writing them down. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was my like child church life. Okay, so did you ever have, like, a distinct moment where you said, like, a sinner's prayer and invited Jesus into your life? I've never heard of a sinner's prayer, so not really? that. No, no. But wow. for our church, you were not baptized, like, how Catholics are baptized, like, as, like, Chris, Chris, christened when they're Christings, babies. Yeah. Christenings, right? Like, we didn't do that. So, okay. 
you, it was pretty much like at a certain age, you, at the end of the sermon, every time pastor would say, you know, if anybody wants to declare Jesus is their savior. Yeah, okay, blah, that's blah, what blah, I'm talking about. Then you walk down. And so it was like such a big deal for yeah. you to like decide. And like, I wouldn't, I wasn't going to tell my parents. I'd just like go. And they were like, oh, they cried. She's ready. No. Oh, okay. But they were like, good for you. Um, so there you, was a distinct like yeah, decision. Yeah, there's a decision. Okay. You have to make a decision. And then you go through these cla- disciple classes. Um, and then you get baptized on Easter Sunday. Okay, so how old were you when you did that? Probably 12. Okay. I think I was in 7th grade Okay, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so I was baptized. I mean... So both your parents went to church every week too? Like, yes. what was their faith like? Um, I think their faith grew as they got older. Interesting. But they always wanted church to be a part of our lives. Okay. So like from from us like from us moving to Oak Park, they were searching for churches. And I will never forget my mom said that she because they were also searching for like de, de, denominations. Thank you, because <laughs> my dad grew up Catholic. Which side story? As a kid, I used to always think that like black people were not Catholic. So when I found Same. that out, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. So he was Catholic, and then my mom. I can't remember. She might have been Lutheran. So they were trying to find like an in-between for them to raise the kids. And I'll never forget they went to this church, this Lutheran church that was down the street from us. And she said they like went a couple times and it was like with me and like, you know, I'm a cute little like two-year-old with like my little dress on and stuff. (laughs) And she said they went like three times and every time, like the second and third time, the pastor would be like, oh, are you new? And, like, oh, my mom no. was like, wait a second. You're not remembering this adorable black couple I'm family that, like, first of all, you don't barely have any. Like, and you keep acting like you haven't seen me before. Like, no, Ooh, we're not going here. That's awkward. So that was a burn. But, yeah, then we found our church, and we've been there. And my parents were always in the choir, and they were always, like, my dad would be reading scripture. My mom would be a worship leader. So they were okay. in it. But, like, like, I don't remember my mom saying, like, yes. Amen. During prayers until like more recently. Okay. But I mean, it sounds like it was still a huge part of your lives and they were very involved. They were very involved, but it wasn't like we need to re- learn the scripture or we like when we were outside of church, there was not a lot of religious talk. Okay. It was like an in church thing, if that makes any sense. Interesting. Yeah. 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 Okay. I think very different from your experience. Definitely. <laughs> Speaking of different. <laughs> How did you, as a kid and teenager, feel about hell? Like, what was your concept of, like, the evil side? It's where bad people went. I don't think I'd thought deep into hell. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I had a big fear of hell. I don't remember having that. I just kept thinking, (laughs) honestly, I remember being like, Wait, all I have to do is, like, if if it seems like I'm about to die, I'll be like, Jesus, please forgive me, and I get in, right? <laughs> so, like, I was always like, that's kind of weird. Like, so a murderer, like, as soon as they're about to die, I'd be like, Lord, forgive me, and then he just, he's like, all right. Like, who wouldn't say that? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have, like, a, I probably didn't have a true concept of hell, no. Okay. But I, like, I will, I do remember during a point in high school, I used to go to the library and there was this one summer where I was obsessed with angel books. And I used to like, it would be like real, real stories, guys. Not made up. Real angel stories about miracles and about like, I don't know, it was so fascinating. I loved it. That's cool. So that was my like only obsessive religious moment. And it was about like positive, cool stories. Yeah. Or like, That's nice. you know, like teenage, like what is that chicken chicken for, soup for the teenage soul? But like the oh, religious version. I like those. those. Yeah. I like Okay, those. nice. So, 
<laughs> How are you raised in your uh, little church life? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, a lot of similarities to you in the sense of going to church every Sunday, every Wednesday. I did go to vacation Bible school and church camp. I did go to church camp. I don't know if I You did that. mention that, yeah. yeah. So, um, church was a huge part of our lives, but... We did talk about Jesus and the Bible, and we reflected on the sermons a lot outside of church. Like, my parents talked about God and the Bible and our faith a lot um, in both households. And it was really intense, um, really strict. I mean, I, I don't know where I got this, but there was a period of time where, like, as a kid, I would not wear the colors red and black together because I thought that was a representation of Satan. Oh, Okay. And I keep thinking, like, maybe it had something to do with Darth like Maul cart- from, like, Star from Wars. Star Wars? Because he looks exactly how I'd imagine Satan to <laughs> But I think that came out even after I determined that these colors were Satan's colors. And, like, that's not in the... Are those Bibles... I don't know where I got it. Huh. I don't know where I got it. You know, I feel like for you, though, the, the interesting thing about how you are with religion and how you're raised with religion is that you are you are such a dedicated person to things <laughs> that you go, like, above and beyond. So you probably didn't even realize how far above and beyond you were going I mean, that's, for Jesus Christ to be your savior. That's a nice way to say that I'm intense. <laughs> I mean, also, though, like... I think it trickled down because my dad was very extreme. I mean, at one point he threw out all Disney movies in our house because they had magic in them. And that was like too close to witchcraft. Wow. Yeah. Um, You never watched or read Harry Potter until like last year, right? No. I mean, I just started to read it this summer because it was... And I remember seeing one of the movies as a kid, and I felt so guilty. I was asking Jesus to forgive me for, like, weeks. So was it because of things you saw in the movie, or was it for the simple fact that you thought that magic was a Both. Because so what did I, you see in the movie where I you're like, oh, one, God. I think it's the Chamber of Secrets where there's, like, the, the snake. snake whispering, <laughs> like, what oh I God. took as demonic language, oh and then, like, blood on the walls. And I remember, like, it was the first movie my friend and I saw without parents. We were, like, 10, and we had, like, our knees to our chest, and we were like, oh, oh, oh this is so scary. This is a horror movie. And I just remember being like, Jesus, please don't let, like, demons follow me. Because we were raised to believe that, like, the things you watch and listen to either invite like Jesus and good spirits or it invites like Satan and bad spirits. That is interesting that you say that because I just, my friend kept telling me to watch the show Lucifer and I put it away because it was called Lucifer. And I'm like, Ugh, yeah, I like that know. makes me I don't uncomfortable. know if I want to bring that up. I don't, it's I don't a great think show. I, could. I think you'd like it actually. But I, it, it, I still think like it touches things. I don't, I don't know if I could I, again, like even, what if I told you hmm. that it was called like Robert? Well, then, yeah. But Lucifer was in it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And I mean, like, I watched Game of Thrones and things that, like, past me would be like, oh, no, you can't watch this. Why Game um, of Thrones? I mean, it's so sexual and violent. Oh. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. <laughs> but, like, yeah, there, there's just, like, a very intense emphasis on, like, hell and like not being good enough and like don't ever feel like you're safe because that means you're not trying hard enough like I don't know I mean it was very fear-based I remember my dad training me how to bring people to Jesus and 
You and were a crusader. Uh, that's kind of intense. <laughs> yes, exactly. In the crusades, people like kill people. Oh, but oh, I mean that's okay. a bad part of history. Yeah, I mean, so my dad would say like, ask people if you died right now, are you sure you would go to heaven? And if people said, no, I'm not sure, then you'd be like, let me help you with that. Yeah. If they said, no, I am sure I'd go to heaven, you'd say, well, why? And a common answer is, well, I believe in God. And then you're supposed to say, well, even Satan and demons believe in God. And then they're supposed to start getting nervous. And you're like... I literally just got nervous when you say that. I'm like (laughs) scratching for no reason. And then if they're like, well, I'm a good person, then we say, well... Everyone falls short of the glory of God, which is a Bible verse. So, is this a trick question? Like, if you asked your dad, "Are you sure you're going to heaven?" Would he? Can he say yes? He says yes, but his reason is acceptable because he would say yes because I have acknowledged, like, I'm a sinful person and asked God to forgive me and accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. See, that's the that's correct exactly answer. Exactly what I said makes it easy to get into hell because that's all you got to say. But I mean, out of hell, no one but, wants to be. <laughs> no. <laughs> But I was also taught that, like, it's all about your heart. So if you're just saying it to get into heaven, God knows that. And I've always used that as a flip where, like, Jesus knows my heart. (laughs) I might do bad things, but he knows that deep down inside I'm a good person. So I think majority. let me in. He'd let me in. I think a lot of. I'm a good convincer, too. Like, I'd be like, come on, Jesus. You know. You know who I am. (laughs) So I think a lot of people think like you. We're like, okay serial killers and Hitler, like, those are the people that go to hell. Yeah. But I was raised that, like, majority of people will go to hell. Only a few will get into heaven because it's hard to live in that strict way that God wants you to live. I really wish that we, like, tape our episodes so people could see the faces that I'm making because (laughs) this is so... And we've talked about this before, but it still always boggles my mind because it's just so intense. And it boggles my mind that you're so at peace because I'm always afraid. I mean, (laughs) I remember the other, like a month or two ago, you were like, yeah, I kind of had a breakdown the other day. And I'm like, why? And you're like, because I'm afraid that me and all my friends are going to hell. I'm like, oh. Yeah, that happened like a month ago. (laughs) I was home alone with my thoughts. And if that happens too long. And I just remember like, this might this might have been like an actual panic attack. Like I was sobbing, trying to catch my breath. I I was struggling what to was calm down. What was going on in your head when it when you were sobbing? What is true? Like what is real? What is truth? Am I good enough? Are my friends good enough? Are we too com- are we too worldly? Cuz that's my thing that I used to when I used to start questioning things with church, it would be that well, how do we know it's true? And the answer would always be like, well, what is faith? If it's not your belief, there you don't have to have facts. Faith means that you're believing in like, you believe it and, and your faith cannot be moved or can be, you know what I mean? Have you ever heard that? Like, I feel like people always say like, that's what faith is. You have to believe. You just have to have faith that it's true. But I'd always be right. like, but what if it's not? Right. <laughs> well, and, and I I think that's where it gets really scary for me is I used to be the intense type of Christian I was raised to be where, like, you don't ask questions, you don't doubt for a second. But in my mind, that's ignorance. Like, if you don't question, then is your faith really that strong? I feel like it's so much stronger if you can acknowledge, like, that there are I don't know it like, all. That's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I remember my first time asking questions was church camp. 
like summer camp and we'd go for a week and it was probably because it was leaders that were not from my church so I didn't feel like they'd be like oh this Misha you know like mm. they can't judge me they don't really know me so I could just ask and I just had so many questions because science you know like yeah there's faith and then there's facts and so oh, yeah. it's like how do you determine what you truly believe you know even like the bible like some people say it's a depiction of what of things and not just that or like actual, metaphors yeah it's not just an actual book because if that was the case then our lives as women would be very different than what it is right now right well and it i was raised black, but yeah, that yeah. it's yeah that it's very <laughs> it's very literal like you don't you don't That's question crazy. it but here's the thing is like I just started reading this book called Faith Unraveled by Rachel Held Evans. She's amazing. She actually passed away like last year, really young. Damn. Um, but rest in peace. I just started the book and I already love it because it's basically talking about all this and how like a lot of Christians are like, you can't change the interpretation of the Bible. But when you go back to like Christianity, it has evolved. Like there, totally, there were Christians who believed that like the earth was flat. And if you believed otherwise, you're satanic. And, like, let's just, outside of religion, me and you could read a sentence and take something completely different Absolutely. away from it. So how are we expected to and all you, have the same form of thought about one thing? You can't say that culture doesn't influence religion, It totally too. does. It that, does evolve. That's why our, our, I mean, our culture, our generations are not as close to the church as they were before. And I truly believe it's because we are inundated with so much information and so much additional resources that weren't here 50, 60, 70 years ago, right. where it was just like, you go to church, you believe in the Lord and that's it. Where now there's more questioning about that. You believe in what your parents believe versus right. now where like you're exposed to a variety of beliefs through the right. internet and social media, right? you know? Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Uh, that religion thing. <laughs> mm. All right, so before we dive into our later years and our religion and our spirituality, I need to circle back because we have <laughs> talked about you and your religion and there are things that you did not bring up yet. So, like, yeah. number one, speaking in tongues. Okay, so I was raised as a Pentecostal. Okay. There are a variety of churches within that. So I didn't grow up in the kind of Pentecostal church where like women could only wear floor length dresses and right. like you couldn't wear jewelry. Like it wasn't that type, but we were Pentecostals in, in terms that like we believed in, um, yeah, the gifts of the Holy spirit. Okay. So on a regular basis, the whole church would individually start speaking in tongues or you have something where, did that ever scare you? Or did you feel like more at peace when that happened? It was so normal to me that wow. like, I can't imagine me standing there and not realizing it's all going to be like, oh, God. Like, I would have okay. thought the opposite. I would have thought, like, so, Satan is in the room taking over or something. I could see that. The first time that Aaron was exposed to speaking in tongues was in an arena full of thousands oh, of people. No. Um, thousands of people. And they said, let's let's really, like, get in tune with the Holy Spirit. Everyone, I'm just going to invite you, like, to speak in tongues. Imagine thousands of people speaking in, like, kind of chant-like languages that don't actually exist. Um, I just remember Aaron, like, his eyes got wide, and he just had the look of, like, 
where am I? Because I'm not going to lie. Like, it comes across like a cult. Yeah. It definitely does. So yeah, the whole point is to be like in tune with God and expressive to God in a way where you don't even know what you're saying, but it's praising God at such a deep spiritual level that like only God and the Holy Spirit knows what you're saying. But you don't know what you're saying. No. So there's also a version where one person out of the blue will start speaking in tongues very loudly. Or you're all speaking in tongues, but one person's voice rises above, and that's the cue for everyone else to shut up. They speak in tongues. Have you ever been that one, that special tongues person? Nope. Dang. (laughs) And then when that happens, that means there's about to be an interpretation. And then one other person in the church will interpret it in English. Who gets to decide who interprets it? It's just like... It's just put upon you by the Holy Spirit. Like that person just feels it and starts speaking. They don't even know where it's coming from. So what's an example of what the interpreter was saying that they were saying? Um, I mean, I can't think of something specific, but an example would be like, some of you here feel like you can't be forgiven for all the things that you've done. You have such a horrible past. And God is here to say, I love you. I forgive you no matter what. And then usually people start crying because they feel like it's a direct message to them. I mean, I feel, yeah, that's Um, nice. It's a a very spiritualistic, intense thing. But for people who weren't raised like that, it's terrifying. Yeah. It's, It's very, like, it can, especially when everyone is speaking in tongues, it's very chaotic. Because I've been, I've been in church where people get the Holy Spirit, and so they're like, yes, 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 hallelujah. No, like that. it's not that. But it's like, way different. <laughs> okay, so there's also being slain in the Spirit. There's a lot. So being slain in the Spirit is when you fall backwards. Hopefully people catch you, not necessarily. Oh, wait, what? So That's like... The- sometimes there will be an altar call. If something, if there's a specific topic and the pastor says, if you feel like God is is talking to you about this topic and you want to be prayed for, come to the front. And then two men will also come to the front, stand behind each person being prayed for in case they fall backwards to catch them and lay a blanket over them. I later learned that the blanket is really just to cover up if like their shirt comes up or their pants go down, like where no one can see like their butt crack or something. So then they just lay there for sometimes through the whole sermon, sometimes just through worship. Yeah, sometimes there will just be a person on the floor. It looks like they are, but they're slain in the spirit. Like they're resting in the peace of God. So you've been slain in the spirit. Yeah. So did you lay there for the whole time? No. You're like, all right, this is enough. I've had enough slain tonight. (laughs) Yeah. And so sometimes the pastor will touch like your head or sometimes he just hovers in front of your face and you have like your arms out and then you just start falling. Sometimes it'll be like boom, 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 like a whole line of people fall. I've um, seen that on like Saturday Night Live or like Oh no, or, no, there were there were like infomercials on stuff like that where yeah. like where people would buy like the holy water and then it would oh, show no. them like you've been saved. And like, oh Okay, so the churches I grew up in at least didn't try to make money off of it. Like they didn't market right. stuff like that. There's also, like, the gift of laughter, where... I used to get that all the time in church. I didn't know that was from God. (laughs) You are so overjoyed in God's presence that you start laughing hysterically. If people get too close to you or touch you, they also start (laughs) laughing hysterically. Okay, so pause. Now that we're where we are in your life, when you look back at things, how much of it do you think truly was because you felt something from God and how much you think 
it was where like people wanted to feel like they felt something so or they like did it psychological. to themselves. Yeah. yeah. Like how many people do you think or you know like This is something I ask myself frequently because now I do not speak in tongues. Right. I haven't been slain in the spirit in years. I've never had the laughing thing. It's hard for me to answer because part of me feels like the cynical part of me is like blasphemous and offensive. Right. And then part of me is like, no, this is just logical. Like, right. Like this is kind of out there. Right. Um, I, I don't know. I think regardless, like, it's so hard for me to answer. Jesus loves you no matter what you say. <laughs> I think a lot of it is just, the environment you're in yeah and like if that is normal to you and that is something that is expected to happen to you yeah you will make it happen i mean it's as it's, it's as common as at my church people like now i feel like they are more outspoken but as a kid they weren't as outspoken so i wasn't outspoken but if i go to a church that is outspoken i would i will find myself saying things out loud where i probably wouldn't at my church because people would be like what which is happening. Like, quiet down. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's why I think a lot of it is just the environment, the personalities. Yeah. I mean, like, my dad is made for Pentecostal churches. He's so loud and so intense. So is your dad more religious? Would you say your dad is more religious out of the four of your parents and your um, steps? my So first of all, my parents would hate calling it religious. It's not about religion. It's about relationship. So they're relationship to... To Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> It's, so they're, it's about is, a relationship. Who is the closest friend to Jesus out of your parents? That's hard to answer. I mean, they're all like deeply, deeply involved. Like, like best friends. Religion, yes. Like, like Jesus lovers. is such a part sorry, of their sorry, life. Sorry, that was That's really a part. I'm sorry. You just I mean, turned right. I'm sorry. Some of the phrases do get kind of, like they talk about like intimacy with God and I'm like, Ugh, I don't like that word, Joyous. Yeah, that's um, interesting. I don't wasn't, know. They're all intense. Wasn't there also, as a kid, didn't your dad show you like a really scary movie about <gasps> Omega that? Or two. like a play? Oh, both. Okay. <laughs> so, Omega 2. If anyone has seen this, it's very scary. Would you watch it with me? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, want, I, I bet as an adult it's probably cheesy, but because I've watched it as a kid, it would probably like bring back feelings yeah. of stress. Yeah. So, it's about the Antichrist and the end of the world. Okay. Good thing to show to a child. <laughs> And it's basically about what I said, where, like, most of the world thinks they're safe and they're not. Like, right. their faith is not strong enough, so right. they're, like, going through hell on earth. And then, like, the Antichrist at the end, like, Satan literally, like, claws out of this human's body who's been hosting him oh. as the Antichrist. He's got, like, horns rolled back, these long claws. And the person who's, like, fighting for the team of God, like, Satan digs his claws oh. into his torso and, like, lifts him up and, like, rips it out. Oh, and my gosh. There's also, like, a part where, like, the Antichrist shakes hands with the President of the United States and, like, a black thing from his hand shoots into the President's veins and, like, he immediately has a heart attack. Like, I lots of scary How things. How have I not heard of this? Because it sounds like it's a scary... It's not probably well So done. it's not a scary movie? It's literally, like, a movie to scare people in church? Yeah. Omega 2. It's Is terrifying. there an Omega 1? It's, like... I couldn't go to sleep. I don't know. I don't even know what that means. Um, and then, okay, so the that was at my dad's house. The play that I saw every year. Was Omega that, Code Two. No. Maybe that is it. I don't know. 
I, it's been years since I've seen it, and that's intentional. Oh, yeah, his de- demonic brother. Wait, let me see the cast. The U.S. Vice President. Yup, that's the Antichrist. <laughs> Michael York. Michael York. And if, All right, I'm going to have to watch this. Oh, God. We'll watch it together. So scary. I don't know. If, uh... Okay, sorry. So anyways, that was on my dad's. The play that I watched every year was at my mom's church. She went every to a bigger year. church. Okay. It was a tradition. It was called Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames. It was about people going to heaven and hell. So they would set up a variety of scenes. One time, my cousin was cast in a scene where it's like a bunch of friends driving drunk, and the different people go, Bud, wise, er. <laughs> and they're like drunk drinking. And then it's like, ah, er, er, poof. And then they get in a car accident, and they're dead. And then they're at Heaven's Gates, and they're like, Oh my god, what happened? Like I I remember it being so well acted, so realistic, <laughs> great special effects. And then there's the angel like at the front of the gates who like scrolls through the book of life and sees if your name is in it. And like my cousin played the, the daughter of a pastor and she's like, "Wait, no, I, my dad's a pastor. Like I've grown up in church. Like I believe in God." But again, that's not good enough. Oh my god! You were drunk driving. Your lifestyle doesn't represent Christianity. And so then the angel like turns her head away, like, "Nope, you're not welcome." And then all these scary effects happen. The stage gets dark, and these demons with really scary makeup and costumes crawl out and start dragging these teenagers to hell as they're like clawing and screaming, like, "No, no!" <coughs> and they're taken to hell. And then there are some people who like die. And they follow Jesus their whole life. So, like, they get into heaven and they see, like, their kid that died years ago and they're reunited. And, like, it's so beautiful. And then there are scenes where people are dragged to hell again. And as a kid, I just remember being like, I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to Talk about a fear tactic. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying is, like, it it took me years to realize, like, the faith I was raised in is so fear-based. And I get it. Like, for people... Who believe in, like, I still don't know what I believe for, like, who goes to heaven, who goes to hell, what is hell like, you know. I think I shut it out of my mind because I don't think I will ever know it. Right, I mean, no one technically does. Right. But, like, if you do believe in that and that, like, it's really hard to get to heaven, then the stakes are so high and I understand why you're so intense about it because you want the people that you love to go to heaven. Right. But for people on the outside, it's like, you are very scary and intense. Right, right. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that wraps up our part one of our Christianity and spirituality conversation. This is our first two-parter. Mm-hmm. Uh, makes sense. There's a lot to unload for this. Yeah. So make sure you guys tune back in next Thursday for our part two. And as usual, we would love for you to follow us on social media, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, at Loud and Louder Podcast. And don't forget, if you have thoughts, questions, you can also email us. Yeah. And don't forget, like, review, and rate us on Apple iTunes. Yes. iTunes? Apple Apple Podcasts. Podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Have a great rest of your day. Yes. This is Loud and Louder with with Holly and Misha. Misha.